Welcome to Spooky or Bust, a podcast exploring the world of all things paranormal, serial, and conspiratorial. My name is... completely lost all of our shit today we're both it's really broken like me we're both really delirious i don't even know what's happening we decided to let my dog out while we record so he is sitting on a chair next to in between us actually and meriwether is obsessed with him he's so tiny that's why he's sitting in the chair <laughs> just so i just don't want to put him in his tent because he always goes in his tent when he when we record I think it'll be fine. We can and do I, this. And I feel bad for him because he just wants nothing but love and affection. Not that he doesn't get that all day, every day. But he wants your love and affection, not my love and affection. I'm not good enough for him when you're here. But he sees you every day. That's true. That's what I'm saying. I'm not good enough for him when anyone is here. Waiting for him to look me in the face. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. So welcome to our podcast. I'm not I'm not redoing that. We're keeping that. <laughs> That's fair. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> That's fair. Oh my goodness. Okay. Jesus. So this week we decided to stay up north and we are gonna be doing some stories in Maine. Yes. And I forgot who went I feel like every time we record we always forget who went last. I know. Who went first. I could easily look it up every time too, and I just don't. <laughs> just uh, nope. My story is like really short though, so if you want me to go first, I can. Yeah, sure. Mine is okay. Cool, cool. So my story is actually kind of similar to last week's story because I did like a Black Widow last week. Sweet. This one is similar without the husband part. What? So she's not really she's not a Black Widow because she doesn't kill her husband. Oh, got it. But it's a, it's similar in the sense that she's hella fucked up. But this bitch is, like, clinically fucked up. So, her name is Constance Fisher. There's actually a book written about her called The Constance Fisher Tragedy. And I did, like, I read a lot of synopsis of the book. And I read a lot of, like, what people thought about this book. And everyone says the book is okay. But it focuses more on the corruption in mental hospitals. Which, totally, totally understand. Totally get that. Yeah. Um, but it focuses more on, like, how horribly they treat their patients and all of this. And apparently the author's, like, a whack job. Like, he's, like, clearly just as nuts. Because everyone was saying that in parts of this book, he just goes on random tangents that have nothing to do with her or the hospital she was staying in. And then I guess in one point, he goes on this rant about how he went to the hospital she was staying in <clears throat> to try and, uh, like like get her records mm -hmm. for this book and they were like no we're not gonna give you her records her medical records and he was like oh i'm writing a book about her and they're like that doesn't matter it's literally against the law there's there's this thing it's called hipaa like where you can't do that yeah i can't just give you someone's medical records even if they're from the 60s like yeah can't this just do <laughs> that yeah yeah doesn't just happen but so i have literally scoured the internet for things about this woman besides like this book and i couldn't mm -hmm. find the book for free anywhere so i didn't get to read it i just read like synopsis of it and what people thought about it um and that's one thing i wanted to like i wanted to debate about what we think happened to her as a child because there is nothing this dates about her childhood like there's not even anything like, it doesn't even have a birthday 
Like, even Murderpedia only has that she was born in 1929. It doesn't have a month. It doesn't have a day. Like, there's literally nothing about her in her, in her younger years. That's actually kind of depressing for her. Yeah. Like, it just, it starts with, literally all the articles I've read start with what she did. Not, like, who she was. And I looked everywhere. I read so many articles, and there's nothing about what she was like as a child. Like, to, not saying that, you know, that there are things that can cause a person to be this way, but at the same time... Like, I don't understand what causes a person to do what she did. But some things that, from what it's saying, like her... I'll just tell you the fucking story. Okay, let's just... I'm going <laughs> to stop trying to, like, talk around it, and we're just going to talk through it. Okay. Questions at the end. Yeah. Please hold all your questions for the end. So, this, so Constance Fisher was actually committed to a mental institution twice in Maine. For... Drowning her three children. Wait. Both times! Yep. You want to know how? I can't. Anyway, okay. So, what happened? On March 8th, 1954, Constance Fisher drowned her three children in the bathtub of her family's second floor apartment in Waterville, Maine. The reason they're saying that she did this, uh, she was 24 years old at the time, is because she was distraught and severely depressed from post... She Basically, they're saying she had postpartum depression. Yeah. And it drove her to this. Because she took her 11-month-old baby and wrapped the child in a blanket in her crib. The second child was 4-year-old uh, Daniel Fisher. And he... Well, obviously they all drowned. And he was placed on the couch wrapped in a blanket. Then their oldest child was six and his name was Richard. And he arrived home from school anxious to see his mother and she offered to run him a warm bath. And, and then it says after playing in the bath for a few minutes um, she put her hand around his neck and submerged his head underwater. Like what? I just don't understand the like how someone could do that. I can understand in the case of postpartum, because your body, like... Yeah, like, you're, you don't like, you're not... You baby. Like, you're destroyed. Yeah, and but especially, like, even with depression, like, you're not in your right mind. Yeah. Like, in this sense. But I also... I feel, I feel like there has to be something more than just that. Oh, something definitely happened in her childhood. Like, she had... I feel I feel like she has, like, schizophrenia or something. There's some, some articles that say that she was possibly schizophrenic, and, like, she was seeing her children as, like, demons. Mm-hmm. And that's why she did it, to, like, cleanse them. But, so this is, um, that was the first time. After this, you know, she goes, she goes on trial and they decide, obviously, that she pleads insanity and she gets that. So she goes to a state hospital, like a mental facility. Um, she goes to the Augusta State Hospital. And after five years, her husband convinces the hospital that she's fine and she's ready to go home and that she can you know she can come home she's doing a lot better after being in the hospital like supposedly she's she's great her husband thinks she's great the hospital's like you know what okay fine so this time it's 1959 then in 1966 this bitch does it again three children 
she drowns them all in their bathtub. So at that point, I can definitely, I, I mean, I definitely agree with the depression, but I also agree a lot more with like schizophrenia or like she thinks her kids are demons or like mm-hmm. something. You know what I mean? Because I just don't understand how someone can drowned six children that were all her own. I can't believe she had three more children after the first three. Well, I mean, they didn't really use birth control. I mean, that's fair. But, I don't know, like... I can't imagine leaving her alone with three children after the first time. Honestly, that would be... Yeah. Like, for him. Like, I don't... What's he going through through all of this? Yeah. Because I've seen people after having kids act completely different than the way that I've ever seen them, like, growing up with them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, you know, there's so much more to the story, and obviously there's a huge, there's a, not a huge book, I think it's like 200 or 300 pages, but there's a book about it. And being through all this, you know, and that's what they're saying, like, they do say she was diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic, but also postpartum psychosis to sociopathic to dissociative identity disorder like all these different things that could possibly but the, I mean it's all it's the six, 50s and 60s mm-hmm. I don't think you know this type mental illness science wasn't where it is now when even still it's not yeah as good as you know as good as it should be but I definitely think she had to have some sort of schizophrenia or something and I think a lot of people have and, like, coming from, like, being from a military family, like, seeing people who... Like, PTSD and... Well, not even that, but, like, you're raised in an environment where you... Like, not even that you just don't talk about it, but where, like, you... It's frowned upon to talk about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to admit that you have a weakness or that something's going on. Right. And so you ignore it... Right. Until something happens. And right. even then, it's like, oh, okay, let's brush it off. Right. Or, you know, let's say it's something else and not really talk about it. Right. And, and that's what needs to change. Like, yeah. I don't think it should be a problem to talk about it. No, and there's no, like, there's no magical pill that's ever going to make PTSD go away. Or any sort of illness go like, away. Like, it's, it's always going to be there, but there are things that you can do. Like talking to therapists. Yeah. And just like, I mean, just talking to someone. It doesn't even have, you don't have to pay for it. Yeah. I tell you all my problems. This is fair. Mainly because <laughs> I can't afford a therapist. <laughs> this, this is our group chat, so we can survive work and not get fired. Honestly, honestly. But it's even more than just that. But they say... So one thing that um, really bothered her doctors about all of this is she never shows remorse for what she's done. Like, she's never sad that she killed her six kids. Instead, she says that her kids are better off because she couldn't care for them properly. And now they're all in heaven. That's just so sad. It is. It's awful. This is horrible. I mean, I just can't even imagine. Like, I just, I don't know. Ugh, I don't know. It's just, I mean, she, I don't know if this is a good thing. It's, it's not a good thing. But after doing, after both of them, the reason, part of the reason she was found, like, part of the insanity was because she tried to kill herself both times after she killed her kids. I can see that. Oh, I can definitely see that. But, still, like, that's just, that's some heavy shit, man. 
Like everyone, everyone involved in this story is just like. So oh. what happens with like her, you know, her spouse and like the family her around husband? her? Yeah. Well, they didn't really have much family around them, um, but he left. So the second time, her husband, his name's Carl. He came home. And saw his oldest daughter face down in the tub and ran out of the house and, like, didn't come back. I got He didn't even check on his other two kids or his wife. He's just like, fuck again, and then left. Uh, but it said it said that there was a father in town, uh, Father Joseph Rannigan, who went and, and found the three children and Constance in a coma from an overdose of pills. Yeah. Yep. She did... Um, successfully kill herself in 1973 though she oh, escaped wow. from the hospital they were keeping her at and she threw herself into the river and her body was found a week later oh my gosh yeah yeah they say that uh, so Carl like started visiting less and less frequently but even after she killed herself he became like even more reclusive I guess and was just wasn't around very much and then he, they say he eventually died from cardiac problems, but of course the nurses like to say he died from a broken heart. I mean, I can see that. Your wife kills your six kids and then herself. Yeah. I'd be pretty distraught if I were him too. But this story is hella fucked up. So if you want to read more about it, please. Constance Fisher Tragedy is the book um, by Bob Briggs. Keep in mind what I said at the beginning. That's just some of the things that I read about it but all the information I got I got from Murderpedia is where like oh that's just rough like this I mean it's really short obviously but it was just yeah something definitely happened to her when she was growing up right and that's like why I was that's why I was so interested in this story because I cannot find anywhere where it says like how her life was as a child Nothing. It all just starts like, oh, she murdered her three kids and here's what happened afterwards. Like, it says nothing about if Carl was, I mean, it doesn't really sound like he mistreated her. No, but I think but there's something, something happened before, like, all of or this. Or if there's a history of mental illness in her family. Like, if one That's of her true. parents is, like, schizophrenia is usually passed down. Yeah. It's not... I mean, I guess it could... I think it... I don't know. I'm not going to pretend I know anything. I'm not. Psychology <laughs> was not my best grade. Oh, <laughs> I, I actually kind of enjoy psychology and... Like, the logic that people have for doing certain things. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely enjoy it. But I am not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> is is my meaning there. But, yeah. That is the story... The quick synopsis of Constance Fisher. It's like that her name is Constance. Makes me think of um, Monster House, the movie, the kids movie, the oh, Halloween yeah. movie. Oh my god! I was like, how have you not seen that movie? You love Halloween. I haven't seen it all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces. What? Of it. it didn't look. I'm. It just did not look that interesting to me. Uh, 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 if you could see the look I'm getting right now. Oh my god. Okay. Well then. <laughs> oh Halloween! I'm so sad. It's so. It's so good. It's. I mean, I love it. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite Halloween movies when I, when I was younger. Hmm. I still watch it. It's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's on my list on Netflix. Probably. I randomly <laughs> watched it like during quarantine. I'm pretty sure. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I, I mean, it kind of scared me when I was a kid, but more like jump scares. 
It's the one that, like, it's like an old, like, beat-up-looking house that looks angry, right? Yeah. And the house that tries to eat people. I think I've... I've seen part of it. I don't know that I've seen it all the way through. It's, like, claymation-style animation. At least it looks like it's... I don't know if it actually is, but it looks like it. Yeah. Animation-style. So good. (laughs) We can watch it at our Halloween party. Yay! We'll have it playing in the background. Absolutely. Although I don't think anybody's going to be watching a movie during a Halloween party. No. No, probably not. I gotta figure out what my costume's gonna be. Same. But I decided if I'm gonna make Mike dress in a costume with me. I could try to make him, but he won't. <laughs> Our poor significant others. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pepe, leave her alone. <laughs> Your dog is so small and She's cute. trying to tell a story. <laughs> Lay down. I know, you want lovin's. Oh my god, okay. Tell your story. Come here. <laughs> Alright, so usually I feel like Making a Cemetery is kind of cheating, but this one in particular actually has inspired horror icons like Stephen King. Okay. So oh, was this like after after that show on Netflix? Or on Hulu, that Hulu show? What show? What's happening? I don't know, keep going and I'll figure it out. <laughs> so It's a Stephen King show based on one of his books, I think. Pretty sure it's in May. But continue. Yeah. Uh well, so, if anybody's familiar with any of his work, so, obviously the most, I think probably the most prominent right now would probably be It, just because within the last year or so. Two movies have come out? Yeah. The It and then It too. so. And then isn't, um, Pet Cemetery Stephen King as well? Yes. Uh, Pet Cemetery. I don't know why I was about to say Stephen King again. <laughs> Pet Cemetery, Carrie, uh, Christine, uh. Isn't The Shining Stephen King, too? No, that's Stanley Kubrick. Oh, okay. But, yeah. I don't know. I've never seen so, it. I've never seen it. <laughs> never seen it. Okay. So, um, did you know... Nope. ...that Georgie and Carrie are actually names from headstones located on the entrance of the cemetery? Nope. <laughs> so... I'm already creeped out. Continue. All right. So, the cemetery is called uh, Mount Hope Cemetery. The cemetery not only inspired Stephen King's characters, it's also uh, been used as a location in the 1989 movie adaptation of Pet Cemetery, where Stephen King himself actually appears in one of the scenes. So That's not cool. only is Georgie's name from one of the um, tombstones, the character himself is actually buried in that cemetery in the books. Oh. Yeah. So... Mount Hope Cemetery was built in the 1830s and designed by Charles G. Bryant. It's located on 1048 State Street in Vanger, Maine. 04401, if you guys want to put that in your GPS and try and make a visit. Uh, It's the second oldest garden cemetery in the nation. Castle Rock. It's based off Stephen King books. I don't know if it was... Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. sorry, sorry. (laughs) No, you're fine. So, according to... AtlasObscura.com. It was founded in 1836 at the height of the rural cemetery movement. Mount Hope Cemetery was created with aesthetics in mind. The townspeople of Bangor, Maine, frustrated by the overcrowding of small urban cemeteries, established Mount Hope as the United States' second garden cemetery, a title earned by the small pond, plentiful trees, and elevated plots within the cemetery. Hmm. So actually, if you like look at pictures of it, it's a really, it's huge for starters. Yeah. I think it's like 300 acres. Wow. It's very spread out. Like, people will actually go there and, like, exercise. And, like, walk around. 
I mean, we used to walk through our cemeteries. Like, there there were, like, legit walking paths through ours. Like, that, that went from... I, I literally rode my bike once from my house all the way down through, like, two different parks the ce- and, and the giant cemetery all the way to my grandma's house. See, I just don't, like, when I think of a cemetery, I think people either go there to pay their respects to somebody or, like, kids that want to be like, oh, this is spooky, let's go and hang out in the right. cemetery. I don't think right. of, like, let's go there and exercise or, like, sit and get inspiration for my stories. Yeah, No, yeah, I definitely don't think that either. We just rode <laughs> through it because I had, we had to to get to my grandmother's house. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Pepe, so alone. <laughs> As far as notoriety, with more than 30,000 people resting here, there are many popular people laid to rest. So besides Kiri and Georgie, you can find Hannibal Hamlin, who was vice president, Richard Golden, who was a comedian, actor Ralph Sipperly, there's ambassadors, congress members, governors, civil war generals, and the one that I thought would get your attention, uh, gangster Al Brady. <laughs> so... Brady uh, was the leader of the Brady Gang, followed right behind John Dillinger. Nice. In October 1936, he broke out of a jail in Indiana. (gasps) What? And then he died a year later in a gunfight in Bangor, Maine. So this is, of course, where he's buried. Um, Wow, Indiana, what a gangster state. (laughs) Right, this is where everyone comes from. Right. That's what happens when you grow up in Maine. (laughs) Or, sorry, when you grow up in Indiana. (laughs) So, other notoriety, so... If you look at onlyinyourstate.com, it lists this cemetery, number one in its articles, in 10 disturbing cemeteries in Maine that will give you goosebumps. TripAdvisor.com listed as number two of 59 in attractions in Bangor, Maine. And um, if you are looking for YouTube videos to kind of get a little bit of a feel for the area, so Ghost of Carmel, Maine is a YouTube channel, and they actually have a video called The Hauntings of Mount Hope Cemetery. And in the video... He's actually pretty successful with getting a lot of, like, EVP and ghost box responses. Oh, really? Yeah, at a couple different places. There's one, it was, like, a, um, someone named Amanda was buried, and, like, he just kind of sits it there, and he just will talk and get responses. Um, a lot of them are, you know, it's, of course, very short, like, one word, but I thought it was really interesting. Like, he actually got a lot of response from it, from spirits. I feel like a cemetery is definitely a good place to go if you want to talk to a spirit. Yeah. So is it like I feel like normally like a cemetery is like the obvious choice of like something haunted, but I mean like this has so much history to it. Right. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. But so if you do decide you want to go, of course, um, you can definitely go and visit, wander around. If you want to do tours, um, BangerHistoricalSociety.org, they have a tour. Um, it is described on their website. So learn little known facts about some Banger's famous and infamous residents during our guided tour. Hear about the importance of symbolism in the gravestones and get a chance to take in some of the city's beautiful vistas. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it gives a little bit more. A lot of, you know, again, it's built in, in 1834. 300-acre um, Mount Hope Cemetery is the nation's second oldest garden cemetery. <laughs> I will not leave you alone. I know, he's always in my lap. Um, so it does, it of course gives a little bit of information. It says, this tour meets a superintendent's uh, house at Mount Hope Cemetery. And, of course, it gives their address again. And then there is another tour that I saw on here. And it's listed, um, grayhavens.com. One of the things to do, the fourth option down is Mount Hope Cemetery. It's this two-hour tour. And, again, a lot of this, you know, a lot of the information I was seeing, all of it, pretty much all of it mentions Stephen King. Hmm. 
And it, of course, mentions Foot Cemetery. So if you're a fan of Stephen King. Absolutely. Apparently, this is the place That's to be. That's the place to go, Pepe. Yeah. Are you a fan of Stephen King? I'm not. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Please get away. Please get away from me. <laughs> what are you people doing to me? <laughs> yeah, so definitely, I think, if I ever go to Maine, it would definitely be a place to check out. Yeah. It, I don't know. I think it'd be fun one day to just go on, like, a ghost hunt. Like all up, like all down the. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I really want to go to Salem. Oh. I want to go to Salem too. Salem that would be dream. so cool. Absolutely. I think that would definitely have. Salem would definitely have a lot of, I think. Ghost. Oh, absolutely. A lot of spooky ass witches. <laughs> Let's do it. Right. Like, oof. Perfect. Well, that includes our stories from Maine this week. Wow, that was. I feel like that was really short. Yeah, I feel like we blew by it pretty quickly. Yeah, both of our stories are pretty short this week, but, well, uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spooky or Bust, as well as email us, uh, spookyorbust at gmail.com, with any recommendations you have or any states you want us to do next. Uh, we have a pretty, I think interesting way to do our next episode so i'm super excited about it. it's gonna be great i can't wait for you guys to hear it all right well have a good night guys